Greetings and welcome to this edition of One for the Road. We have a gaggle of guests in the studio today with myself and Bob Carter, my co-host. We're going to be talking to you about connecting. How do you connect to people on the phone? It may sound like a simple task, but we found over the years it can be a challenge for people to figure out how do you pick up the phone and call someone, get to know them, and even more so, invite them to come to something and see if they'll turn up. So if you'll listen in, hopefully along the way you'll learn some specific steps, but more maybe the heart of what it means to make a call to someone and connect. So listen in now to this edition of One for the Road. Part of what we want to do today is talk kind of in a broad way about connecting with your with your families that you're shepherding, but also specifically as we look at uh, you know you all getting together with them uh, in a few months here. So. Uh, just we have with us today Carl Wilhelm, Herschel Hatcher, Brian White, and of course Randy Slichting and I are here. But uh, love to just hear from you guys. What are you thinking? Let's just start in a general way. What you're learning uh, about, you know, just connecting with families. Kind of give us some broad thoughts that you're having about that. That may help us as we, we as we get down to specifics. I'll be. I'll, I'll start with you, Herschel. Oh, <laughs> I guess for me, the thing I would think about is just being consistent and uh, being regular and getting in contact with people. And it doesn't have to be any great thing. You don't have to have some memorized speech prepared or anything like that. Uh, just be genuinely interested in them and what's going on in their lives and, and seek to build a relationship like you would build a relationship with anyone else. I think that for me would be most effective uh, if someone did that to me. I wouldn't want them calling me up with some canned presentation, but just uh, wanting to check on me and see how I'm doing and see what kind of things are going on in my life and what they could pray for and how they could encourage and support and and things like that. So just like you develop a relationship, I think, with anyone. Mm -hmm. All right. You know, Sitch, I want to quickly turn turn the table to Brian White because... (laughs) Uh, you're, we can't classically call you the, the new kid on the block anymore, but you're, Actually, you're I am. yeah, you are. And you're <laughs> the last kid to come on the block, I guess. So, cause you kind of come into this and being here on staff at perimeter and you've had to make some of those calls to like people you don't know. And so I'd love to just hear about your experience personally, maybe when it comes to that, how do you pick up a phone and call someone you don't know? How do you walk through that fear kind of that grips you dealing with that? Because I think these guys might connect with what you have to say. With fear and trembling, uh, the first thing that you consider is the fact that you're not going to be accepted. Uh, you mentioned that I am the new guy on the block, and that was part of uh, what would hinder me when it came to uh, reaching out to people. But as a pastor, you need to be able to connect with people. You have to connect with people. And... Uh, and you just so what I found to be the best way is I feel like if I serve them well, and that's been my approach, you know that uh, that if I sub, serve the people well and 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 display a genuine love mm-hmm. for them, then that opens doors of, of relationship, and I find it pretty easy to uh, to move from there. That's good. That's good. You know, I, I, uh, it's, it's kind of analogous to something that um, a few years ago um, we had somebody in the church whose uh, child died, and it was really tough. And I, I remember going over to his house, and I 
and I was there with someone else, and we were sitting on the couch, and uh, he looked at us, and he says, you know, guys, he says, I won't remember what you say today. He said, but I'll remember that you are here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this isn't complicated. The, the, the fact we, we can sweat over kind of, I'm reverb, you know, echoing kind of what you've said and what Herschel has said, and that is, you know, it's just, it's not that complicated. The fact that people know that you're there, that you're making the effort, and it just, that means everything. Yeah. So it's it's not that we have to come with this packaged, I need to say exactly this and this and this. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that you're doing it. And I, and that's what I get as I as I talk to people and as I talk to elders who are, who are engaging with their families is people just say, thank you, thank you for, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just contacting me. Thank you. And that mm-hmm. shouldn't be a surprise to us because, uh, well, a lot depends on why we're doing it. Now, if I'm doing it because I've been told to, that's going to give me one attitude. But what Perimeter really wants, <clears throat> we're such a large church that it's hard for people to find connections. And what we want to do is to let, the, let them know that they're important, that they're valuable, that Perimeter cares for them. And as you said, Brian, how can we serve them? How can we be a small church in a large congregation? And um, as people express it, be ready to build relationships and be ready to build community. Mm-hmm. You know, if they, if they slam the door in your face and say, don't call me, I'll call you, make a note of that and be prepared for their call when the crisis comes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we're not forcing ourselves on people. Mm-hmm. What we're doing is trying to know, let them know that Perimeter considers them important and valuable. Let me ask in terms of that because I don't think that uh, I don't I don't think I will get rudeness. You know, maybe you know maybe once in a blue moon that happens. Uh, but what what we will get is people that are not responding. We can't get a hold of them, or they're not returning our phone calls or emails or whatever. So how have y'all how have y'all dealt with that? And again, that's not to judge people. Mm-hmm. I don't know where people are at. You know, it's just maybe there's it's just a busyness issue with people. But how, how have y'all responded just being able to make contact with people and they don't respond to you? What, I mean, what, what can we share with these guys? Well, I, th- I think something that um, I think about when you say that is that I don't hold it against them. I figure that people are really busy these days. And as Carl was saying, they're going to call you when they, they need you if they know you're, you're there for them and, and available. And uh, that's not the best kind of relationship. That's not the kind of relationship I would like uh, to have with someone. But uh, for some of the people, that's going to be the best that you can hope for until that time when they do need to be served. And if you do what Brian said and, and serve them well, then you may be able to build a relationship in, in those situations. And something I was thinking about also was that people come to church for a variety of reasons, but they stay at a church because of the relationships they build. And so people, people come, they want something, they want relationships. And, and I don't think, there are people who come on Sunday morning and they just leave. Mm-hmm. But most of the people really want a relationship. And, and I, I think you're, you're right in saying that people will appreciate it if you get in touch with them. Even if they won't take advantage of it at that moment, they'll get, they, they will appreciate it. So. Don't you guys think, though, that you need to be strategic 
when you're making these calls because there are certain times a day mm -hmm. that you can call someone and they may mean well or they may want to talk to you, but your timing can be off. If you're calling a household and say dinner time, no, nobody mm -hmm. wants to be bothered at certain mm -hmm. times, certain mm -hmm. times a day. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm saying that you probably need to be strategic, not just saying, okay, I got to make these calls. Let me just make them and get them out of the way. You need to think about what you're doing and, and, and be strategic in, in terms of when you make these calls. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, and, uh, and I think that there is a significant number of the population whose relational cup is full. Yes. Mm. And they see this as an additional relationship. And if that's the case, we don't need to superimpose ourselves on somebody who doesn't need or doesn't want additional connections. Right. Yeah. So what would you say if, because one of the things we're trying to do this month and next month is say to guys, hey, you have a list of 10 families or whatever. We want you to make contact with them. And we want you to invite them to come somewhere, right? Because we're hoping for a face-to-face -face with them. So what, just as you guys think about that, would, would be some reasons why someone, what would you say to someone on the phone? Uh, or uh, um, maybe we should talk a bit about emails and texts and that kind of stuff in just a minute, but what would you say to someone on the phone to say, hey, here's a good reason why you should come? Yeah. Well, for, first of all, I think before you even call, if you don't know them, if you don't already have some kind of relationship mm -hmm. with them, then you should probably email them and, and introduce yourself and tell them that you're going to be calling. Okay. Right. Because I think just calling someone out of the blue when they don't know who you are and they don't know that they've been assigned to you or, or something like that uh, might be off-putting to them. Uh, but if you've prepared them for that and, and they understand what the church is trying to do, the initiative that we're trying to uh, succeed at here, uh, then they'll be much more open to so, your So would that contact. be a universal yes and amen, email them first to prepare them? Yes. Yes. Okay. And amen. Okay. So you're hearing that yes and amen, guys. <laughs> email these people first, and then they'll get the email. Maybe they respond to you with, a, oh, I'd love to talk or whatever. Maybe they even set a time, like Brian mm -hmm. is talking about. Here's a good time to call me, bad. You might even say that in your email. When's a good time to call you? And then you go, okay, so we've got to that point. Now we're at the phone call. What do you What do you, What do do you? you say? Well, I would just reiterate that the church is, is trying to make it, uh, is trying to facilitate relationships and connections with people because they've realized how important that is. And, and um, we wanted to, in order to try to build those relationships, we wanted to get people together. We have a group of people that, um, that I'm responsible for as an elder, uh, for shepherding. And I wanted them to be able to meet each other and also for us to be able to spend time together. And it wasn't going to be anything... I would say just have a party or something like that. You don't have to make it some big spiritual adventure unless you know everybody and you think they'd be interested in that. But the first time especially, I would think, just just have some people over if you can. Or if you're not, if, if hospitality is not your gifting, uh, find someone else that would be willing to host. If, if there's a mm -hmm. friend of yours uh, within your group of uh, shepherding families that would be willing to host or something like that. Okay, so he's back up the train here a little bit. Yeah. Before you email, maybe, maybe you can pray for some people about, about this. Identify where you're going to meet. Then call and talk through it. What, what else? How, how do you attract people to come to your house? It's probably just Sherry. You say, my wife, Sherry, you will help. And they go, oh, I want to come. <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of people in our home, but uh, I know uh, both from my children and watching my children and watching other people that that isn't, is probably... We are probably not the the majority of the population. Uh, 
I think it would be equally easy, especially if there's a lot of small children, to say, let's have a picnic in the park. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, get together at uh, at uh, Dave and Buster's <laughs> or something like that mm-hmm. and, and just mm-hmm. have an informal time, not necessarily at home, for people who... who who, who tremble when they think of having a visitor see their home. Yeah. Okay. And on this podcast, by the way, guys, we're not going to talk too much about content, about what you're going to do when you get them there. So don't be like too alarmed. Well, what will I do when I get them to Dave and Buster's? We'll talk about that the next go around. For now, we really want to concentrate on how do you connect and how do you entice them, so to speak, in a spiritual way to, 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 to come. I want to piggyback on something Carl said, too. If, if, if you live, I live in the town of Duluth, and a lot of times they have events on the town green. You could, you could just use that as an excuse to get people together to meet. And certainly this time of year probably wouldn't be the best time for that. But, uh, but there might be a July the 4th celebration or other things like that that go on in, in where you live. That you could just take advantage of as a as an excuse to get together. So I think you have to be aware of age and stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, as at a certain point or a certain age, it's not going to be too many folk that's going to want to to congregate and gather. You know, it's just once you get to a certain age, you you you're just not going to be willing to uh, to go go down that road. Uh, you look at the younger couples, the couples with uh, with children. That would be pretty attractive to them uh, to be able to get together. But but if you run into a situation where someone would ask you, well, why would I want to do that? Well, the, the, the simple answer is connecting. You know, the biggest challenge we have at the church is connecting. Mm-hmm. And when you think about connecting, we think about ministry connections, but family connections is, is, is a real good place mm-hmm. to start. And remember, these are relatively geographic. Some are not quite that, but most of these are... Hey, these people live near where you live, and I live where you live too. Let's get mm-hmm. let's get to meet and know each other. Bob, you've been very pensive over there, thinking through yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, you know we talked about well, one. You, you've got a you want to have food involved. I think you always want mm-hmm. to have food involved somehow mm-hmm. here. Um, you know, and I think they're different, certainly different venues. But I, I think it's it's mainly about getting to know people and connect with them and. And, you know, we won't talk about, the, like you said, that the content of the meeting, but it's, it's mainly going to be a, just about a fellowship time. And, and I think food really does help that. It, you know, it's kind of like funny. You go to, a, uh, go to any type of event, and you, for some reason, psychologically, we're always more comfortable if we have something in our hand, yeah. <laughs> whether it's a drink or, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, uh, not alcohol, guys. Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> cigar, cigarette, <laughs> right? But uh, but I mean, so I think that that'll help. And and um, by and large, I, I find that people there are a lot of people who say, "Hey, I'm willing to do it." It's a scary thing sometimes to mm-hmm. to for some people to go to some place where they don't know anyone. Mm-hmm. But there is what I would say. This is not total cold calling. Because you're you're actually going to a place where other people are members of Perimeter Church. There's a common bond, or a there's common a common condition. thing. You you know, you may not have a lot in common, but at least you have that in common. So, I think that could be somewhat of a, a, a drawing point, you know, for people. Just just you know, you have that. Let me mm-hmm. ask this because uh, as I'm sitting here thinking, us five men are sitting here talking to the men, and they're going to call men. 
give us give these guys some tips on you know because if someone calls me and says hey do you want to come over to my place on the 20th or whatever next month my first thing is going to be well i need to ask my wife what do you give some insight into that and is is there something even as we're talking here that we need to (laughs) be thinking through there to make sure that we're communicating to what like when you send the email could it be to both the 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 husband and wife would that be a good place to start what what would help there so the women aren't thinking what are these guys doing here well i don't want to put anything on on wives uh to feel like they have to to do this but some wives are going to feel like they want to participate mm-hmm. i know my my wife is really good at entertaining and she's really good at calling people and setting things up and and that so she would she'd be awesome to enlist in this kind of effort uh, some wives are not going to feel as comfortable with that, but but uh, uh, if you're talking about most most wives are the ones who keep the social calendar for their for their families. And okay, so, so are you saying then? It would be better my wife call your wife make these calls. Well, it would be better for my wife to call a wife yeah. than for me to call a wife. Uh, I would think. Uh, I, I might I, call I do, husband, I do think hmm. I do think it's okay to when you send out your initial email mm-hmm. introducing yourself. To, if you have the wife's email, to, to have her own Both email in, as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Still contact, okay. but the, mm-hmm. the wife knows. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, 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 okay. I, I would assume that. But you know, Oftentimes, Randy, I've run into guys that I hadn't seen in a while, and we say, man, let's get together and do this, mm-hmm. and then it don't happen. I'll see them again maybe a week later, and we need to get together and do this, and mm-hmm. we say, yeah, let's do that. But it don't happen until the wives get involved yeah. and, and, and yeah. make the arrangements, and then it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, that's just good wisdom for you to think. I think it's variations and combinations here. Some of you may have wives who would say, boy, I'd love to be co-partner with you and make some calls here and be part of it. You may make some calls to some guys, and the guys may say, I need to talk to my wife. And you might even say, well, let me connect you with, I mean, I think some different ways to kind of create that. uh, By the way, you may have, and this is where, you know, some of us can be more bold in asking, there's probably families that you have where you have somebody in that family who has a gift of hospitality mm-hmm. who would probably like to host something like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they enjoy that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, not every shepherding mm-hmm. group, but I, I guarantee there's people out there like that. Yeah. They would like to do that. And I think an easy, another easy um, way to do this, because if you have people in your home, you have to clean and all that kind of thing. You have to clean up before and after and <laughs> cook things and... I was thinking maybe you could invite people to sit with you at church and then go to lunch afterwards. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could make it that easy, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. So they, uh, I think we were talking about this earlier, and Carl said allowing the elders to be creative in how they carry this out is really important because everybody has different gifts and, mm-hmm. and, and strengths and things like that. So I think just the making contact and getting together with people is what's important, and it doesn't matter necessarily where you do it or how you do it. So much is that you do it, and and so um, be creative and and think of different ways because you don't want necessarily want to always do the exact same thing anyway. If you're going to yeah. be doing this more than once, so. that's good. And maybe don't look at it as a as a one shot deal because you have yeah. another meeting later on. If they don't make it this time, they may make it the next time. Carl, you were going to say yes, uh, and I agree with what you're saying, Herschel. But we should always have in the back of our mind that when the need arises, we should be prepared to make a, to build a community mm-hmm. so that the people who want and need to interrelate, whether it's a discipleship team or whether it's a, a fellowship group or a Bible study, 
when people, especially those who live in proximity and can can develop a burden to win their 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 suburb to the Lord or their subdivision to the Lord. Um, if you find those people who look for relationship and community, then let's be prepared to give go all the way. That's good. All right, we are almost at 20 minutes, and we'd like to wrap these up shortly thereafter, but I want to go around the table. Any last thoughts that maybe you have, something that you want to share with this group? Brian, we'll start there and then go. Just around. briefly, uh, the whole, whole idea of rejection, we haven't talked about that very much, and I struggled with it when... I got introduced to evangelism, and the bottom line, guys, is that uh, when they reject you, they're not rejecting you. You know, oftentimes when you're trying to share the gospel, they're re- they're rejecting Christ. And mm-hmm. so, if this couple, any couple that you call, you 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 experience some serious rejection. Well, they're not really rejecting you; they're rejecting the idea, and it's not you. So you have to get past that whole rejection idea. Yeah, it's not personal. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And another another thing is we we're asking you to get in touch with these people, but it's not mandatory that they attend because we can't control that. If they can't attend, as was mentioned earlier, maybe they can attend the next time. Uh, so don't uh, put yourself under the pressure of feeling like you have to plan an event where a hundred percent of the people can be there, uh, because that's probably not going to happen. And uh, just the fact that you make it available to them and you invite them will. People enjoy being invited. They they like that. Mm-hmm. That makes them feel special. So just the fact that you've invited them, even if they can't come, is, is what is important. That's huge. So. Yeah, that's good. Uh, the question uh, that I ask myself and and, uh, and guys I would ask you as well is, do I love people? And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and so one of the ways that I can uh, I can kind of gauge that and and. Uh, and, and really develop it, I think, think God's, God's uh, spirit at work, is praying for people. And I do think contacting people. And I'll, I'll say this, I'm to love people in one way. I can pray for them, I can contact them. And as I pray for them, and as I contact them, I find myself loving them. And as I love them, I'm praying for them and contacting them. So, mm-hmm. uh, so do you love people? And, and, and I think we all... Uh, you know, uh, that's our desire. That's good. It's yeah. rich. Wow. Can you top all those, Carl? Of course you can. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm thinking of the big picture. Perimeter Church is a mega church, and it's hard for somebody coming here to, ha- to develop a meaningful relationship. Mm-hmm. Perimeter's trying to do something so unique and that it's going to be doomed to failure unless God is in it. Mm-hmm. And we want Perimeter to be unique because it connects people with people, and people love people. All right, I'm going to write that down, that whole attempting something so great thing. I like that idea, the whole turn into a motto, motto I think, around here. <laughs> I agree. Wait a minute, hold on. That it's doomed to failure... Finish that. Anybody else? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Let's copyright that thing. Let's copyright that phrase. <laughs> well, on that note, we'll end. I'm just going to add, just as I think about this, the big, big picture long term is we believe somehow spiritually the Lord's going to work through you to these people, and He's going to touch people in the neighborhood, and somehow people are going to come to faith. And it's going to be great just to share the story one year, two years, five years down the road of what God's done. So be encouraged, be brave. Uh, Bob Carter is going to come out, if you don't already have it, 
with kind of a template that's going to be helpful to you about things to do in order to make a call to have a high success rate. Not like a script specifically or a sales thing, but just something that would just kind of give you some points that will re- remind you and, uh, and get you set up. So we appreciate you guys, appreciate who you are and what you do, and I hope you continue to listen to One for the Road. Thanks for listening.